So we are uh, continuing in this story of, uh, based on a very short but fascinating Old Testament book called Jonah. And again, many of you are familiar with the story, um, but the goal of this series is for us to uh, dig deeper and identify uh, God's will for your life. That's the goal, to identify God's will for your life, uh, and as a result of following that perfect will, enjoy his best, right? Enjoy his blessing for you and those around you. This is a four-chapter book. There are four weeks in this series. We're coming one chapter each week. And last week, in chapter one, uh, we realized that like Jonah, even though we understand God's perfect will, we still fight against it, right? Uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah was told by God to go east by land to a city called Nineveh, and he goes west by sea to a city called Tarshish. And so he did just the exact opposite of what God wanted him to do. And, and the result is he gets swallowed by a fish. And, and we learned last week that um, when we mess up our lives, when we fight against God's will, we can have some pretty dark and tuna stinky kind of days too, right? We can, it, it can happen. So that was last week. This week, we're going to look at chapter 2, and Jonah is in the deep, dark, depressing pit of disobedience. He's still inside the fish, and he realizes that his disobedience was a bad life choice. Okay, understatement of, of the year. Uh, before I dig into that lesson, though, like last week, let me just kind of give you a quick overview of chapter 2. Okay, just share some of the details with you. So, for example, in the second, I'm sorry, in the first half of verse 2, Jonah says this, In my distress, I called to the Lord. So, detail number one is that inside the fish, Jonah felt distressed, which makes sense, right? He's, uh, he's inside this fish for three days, three nights, and he's squeezed inside its stomach. I don't know if you've seen cartoons of Jonah, and, the, you know, and he's inside like the, the belly, and it's this like cave. It's this cave. He can you know, make a fire. He can you know, move around and whatever. And it, I don't want you to think that, because that's probably not real. What, probably, and what I want you to think about is this. Think about um, ground-up meat in a sausage casing, because okay, that is probably more realistic. Regardless, it was dark, he was scared, he was all alone, he didn't have anything to eat or drink, and he can't move, and worse yet, the stomach acid of the fish is starting to slowly digest. Jonah, yeah, and it's bleaching and eating away at his skin. So yuck, right? Ew, yuck. And as much strain as that might have been on Jonah physically, he also dealt with mental, emotional, and spiritual strain. Again, he's inside the belly of this fish. And as Laura just pointed out, he had no idea what was going to happen next. In his mind, he was going to die there. He did not know God was traveling him, moving him back to Nineveh. And on top of that, you have all the regret. I'm sure he had all kinds of regret for ignoring God in the first place and his will. So yeah, this was not a Disney cruise. This was not a fun time for him. And, and I know that when we mess up, when we fight against God's will, we too can end up in a deep, dark, depressing pit of disobedience. And it's just as suffocating. It's just as lonely. It's just as scary as it was for Jonah. 
A second detail that we can pull from chapter 2 is found actually in the verse before, in verse 1, where it says this. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So detail number 2 is inside the fish, Jonah prayed. And again, Laura mentioned that. Which, of course, uh, you know, is not surprising. I guarantee if you were inside of a fish, you would be praying too. And while it would certainly be better to pray before you get into a predicament, sometimes it takes getting into a, a dark, stinky place to get you to wake up and cry out to the Lord for help. Detail number three is found in the second half of verse two. Jonah says, from the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. So detail number three is inside the fish, God heard Jonah. God heard Jonah's cry for help. And, and for all of you sitting here, for all of you watching online, I just want you to know that no matter where you are or what you've done or how far away you may have run, God will always, always hear your prayer. Right, detail number four. Detail number four is inside the fish, Jonah put his hope in the Lord. Well, Jonah had absolutely no idea whether, a fit, uh, whether he would be rescued or not. He did cling to the only hope that he had, and that was God. And, and when your life is, is messed up and, and you find yourself, you know, in this, de this dark, stinky place, and there is no, you have no idea if there's rescue or a way out for you, <clears throat> you can also know that, that you can cling to God in hope too. Because he will be there and he will not let you down. All right, the final, the final detail is at the very end of chapter 2. It's verse 10 where it says, The Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. An interesting word picture there. But that's detail number 5. God orders the fish to spit Jonah out. And the lesson here is that even though God will always forgive you when you disobey God, when you fight against his will, there are sometimes uh, there, there are costs involved. So there's a price to be paid. And sometimes that price is steeper than you might imagine. You know, maybe you get mad at work and you just spontaneously quit your job without seeking God's counsel or the godly advice of your friends. And now you find yourself in a tight spot financially with no options. Maybe you get into a relationship with somebody that you know God would not want you to be in a relationship with, but you do it anyway and it implodes on you and you find yourself filled with now just hurt and shame. Maybe you're here or you're watching online right now, but there was a time when you walked away from the church, when you walked away from God and in your mind you thought you could do better on your own. And you found out that didn't work and your life fell apart and you're back and praise God for that. But here's where I'm going with this. Here's what I want you to think about, right? When you fight against God's will and you find yourself in the proverbial belly of the fish, the question that I think Jonah was asking and that you might be asking is, okay, now what? Right? I mean, you are outside of God's will and you're paying the price for being outside of God's will. So now what? <laughs> what? How do you get back into alignment? How do you get back on track with God's will? And that's what I want to address today. I want to just look at some steps that I think will help you, by the Spirit's power, get back into alignment with God's will. And the first step is to simply recognize and admit that you are outside of God's will. Right? Acknowledge the fact that God has a plan for you. It's a perfect plan. 
And sometimes you do just the exact opposite of what God wants you to do. God tells you to do something and you don't do it. God says, I want you to go this way and you go that way. And we all do that because we all have stubborn, rebellious hearts that lead us away from God's will, that take us in the wrong direction. And I guarantee, you know, all of us, most of us, you know, when we are outside of God's will like that, we know it. <laughs> we know when we are going the wrong direction. We pretend like we don't know better. We come up with excuses and we justify ourselves. But the fact of the matter, we know, don't we? Deep down, when we are outside of God's will. And the problem is that the longer we are outside of God's will, the more of an impact it is going to have on you. Spiritually, uh, emotionally, relationally, financially, even physically. For Jonah, the impact is found in verse 3, where he says, You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas. When you fight against God's will like that, that action separates you from God, and it leads you into a whole bunch of unnecessary pain and regret. It's just, it's just what happens. And, and in fact, maybe right now, right, right now, you're thinking about, you're considering ignoring God's will and making a bad choice. Maybe you think it's a good idea to move in with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Or maybe you're thinking it's a good idea to get back at somebody who hurt you. Or maybe there's something else. Whatever it is, here's what I want you to keep in mind. When you have strayed outside of God's will, okay, to get back on track with God's will, the first thing you need to understand, the first thing you need to um, do is recognize and th that you are outside of God's will and admit it. Okay, and by that I mean own it. I did this. I'm the reason I'm outside of God's will. Kind of like David did. King David, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba, another guy's wife, admits it. He owns that sin to God. In Psalm 51, he says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That is a great prayer to pray when you find yourself, when you recognize you are outside of God's will. Say, I know my transgressions. God, I admit I have sinned against you. If you want to get back into alignment or back on track with God's will, step number one is just recognize and admit that you are outside of God's will. Step number two is realize that disobedience brings consequences. When you fight against God's will, there is usually a price tag that's going to be attached to that. There is a cost that comes along with that. When Jonah disobeyed God's will, he paid a hefty price for his bad choices. Look at this. In verses 3, 4, and 5, he says, The currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have banished, I've been banished from your sight. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. He got very detailed there, didn't he? But the cost... For Jonah's disobedience was pretty high. And, and the point here is that we, just, we need to not just recognize and admit that we are outside of God's will, but then also realize that our disobedience is what is messing up our life. It's why we are in a dark, stinky place, maybe even right now. Now, please, please understand what I'm not saying. Okay, please understand what I am not saying. I am not saying that if you obey God and live in alignment with his will, your life will always be easy and pain-free. 
because that's not true. But I do want you to realize that when you, when you step outside of God's will, you will miss out on God's presence, God's peace, God's power, God's plan for your life. And when those things are gone, guess what happens? Your life becomes overwhelming. Stress creeps up. Loneliness seeps in. You begin to sink. And yet, and yet, and, and don't miss this. Even then, God hasn't quit on you. Just like he didn't quit on Jonah. In fact, let me just share a couple of details about this part, a couple of truths about this part of Jonah's life. Truth number one is that God wasn't surprised by Jonah's disobedience. God did not say, oh, are you kidding, Jonah? He knew exactly what Jonah was going to do. And frankly, he knows he's not surprised by your disobedience either. He knows your heart is a rebellious heart. Now, God certainly could have forced Jonah to go to Nineveh. And just like he could force you to obey his will. But he's never going to do that because he loves you and he will not violate your free will, your ability to decide what you want to do. Even though you do choose to disobey God, even then, God won't give up on you. He, he, he just, he won't. A second truth is that, and, and Laura pointed this out, but God prepared the great fish for Jonah. So this was not some random fish that just happened to be swimming by and saw, hey, look, you know, kibbles and bits. You know, he's, he went ahead and provided that fish to accomplish his will and get Jonah back on track with his will. And, and, and my point here is that um, when you go off the rails with God's will and you're fighting against God's will and, and your life is a, just a hot mess, God has got a rescue plan for you too. He does. It's already in motion. All right, third thing is that God allowed Jonah to suffer for his disobedience. And please do understand what I am saying here. God loves you unconditionally. All right, he wants the absolute best for you. However... There are times when God will allow you to suffer the natural consequences of your disobedience and bad choices. So just be aware of that. But this is the fourth route. This is the best part. God gave Jonah another chance. Right? We worship the God of the second chance. But God doesn't just stop at giving you second chances. He gives you as many chances as you need. He is the God of another chance, I would argue. Remember uh, Jonah 2 verse 10? It says, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. God wasn't done with Jonah and he gave him another chance. God isn't done with you either. And he will give you another chance as well. All right, step three. Step three is turn to God for help during your disobedience. Once you recognize and admit that you are outside of God's will and that it's your disobedience that is messing up your life because you are outside of God's will, this should be an immediate next step. The problem is that we tend to wait. Jonah waited until things were bleak and hopeless before he turned to God in prayer. Right? Remember in, in, in uh, verse 1, it says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Not inside the boat, not inside the, the bait shop before he gets onto the boat to go on this trip, but inside the fish. He waited that long. Remember the second half of verse 2. Jonah says, from the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. 
So from the depths of the grave, from inside the belly of this fish, Jonah finally turns to God. And what does it say God does? He listens, right? God heard him. Why? Because God was right there with him. And, and, and here's what I want you to understand, okay? Even though you may be running away from God, God doesn't run away from you. He was with Jonah, right, right there in the belly of the fish. And when you cry out, he will be there for you too. I promise. And the reason I can promise that is because God's word promises that. Look at this, uh, Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. In your moment of fear or darkness or pain or whatever might be going on in your life, you can always turn to the Lord, cry out to him, and he will hear you. He will hear you because he's right there with you. All right, step number four, repent of your disobedience. This is a critical step. Now, repent is an interesting word because repent is, it doesn't just mean saying sorry for what you have done wrong. It also means a change of direction, a turning around, so to speak, so that you are no longer going in the way toward disobedience, but back into alignment with God's will. And George kind of pointed this out a moment ago about Jonah's turnaround moment. Look at what he says here in verse 4. Jonah says, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. He's, he's, he's talking about refocus. He's taking the focus off of the disobedience and refocusing once again on God's will. Or in verse 9, Jonah says, with the song of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. So to get back on track with God's will, you want to come to God in humble repentance. And then, of course, trust that God will forgive you. Trust that as a gift of his grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, God will forgive you. But the first part of that process is the repentance, the turning. Isaiah 55 verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them, here it is, turn to the Lord, right? And he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. God's greatest desire is to forgive you and restore you so that he can lead you and guide you and love you and bless you. That's his greatest desire. So Come to him in humble repentance, sorry for what you've done, but also willing to, you know, change your direction and then just believe that your heavenly father will, for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, your savior, forgive you and give you another chance. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Wow. God initiated a process for you, for me, for all people to be forgiven and saved. And here's how it works. You go to God in humble repentance, and then you believe, you trust that God is going to take your guilt and he's going to remove it with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for all of your sin, all of your guilt, all of your mistakes, all of your disobedience. God took the punishment that was yours and he placed it on the shoulders of his son, Jesus. And when you believe personally believe that Jesus is your savior, not just the savior of the world, he's your savior, then yes, you get to enjoy God's rescue and God's amazing grace. Wow. So in light of times when we are outside of God's will and in response to what God has done for us by his grace in Jesus Christ, that leads me to step number five. And it's in the Spirit's power, give up control of your entire life to God. 
all of it. Why? Because you were not created to be independent of God, but dependent upon God. So from now on, just let God call the shots. And here's why. All right, here's why I say that. If you try to take control of your life and you call the shots and you want God's peace in your life at the same time, it's not going to happen. They're going to be mutually exclusive. I mean, Jonah tried to call the shots and be in control and it blew up in his face. If you try to take control and call the shots, it may very well blow up on you and, and, and God's power, God's presence, God's peace will exit your life. And here's why. God can't be the God of your life if you are trying to be the God of your life and be in control. See how that works? They are mutually exclusive. So what should you do? You trust in God. Let God call the shots. Trust him. Remember, he's got the best plan in the world for you. So follow his plan, his best plan, his perfect will. And here's what's amazing. This is what is so amazing. What will happen next is you will get to experience this. You will get to experience peace. Right? You will experience God's indescribable peace when God is calling the shots. Because you have nothing to worry about. He's calling the shots. Jesus says in John 14, verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. If you want to stop being troubled and scared and filled with worry and instead filled with peace, here you go. It's trust in God, trust in Jesus. Trust in his love and grace for you. Trust in his plan and will for your life. Trust him. In fact, I want you to say this with me. I trust you, Lord. Ready? Let's everybody say that together. Ready? Nice and loud. I trust you, Lord. Excellent. Now, here's what I want you to say. Lead the way. Everybody, ready? Lead the way. Perfect. You guys are doing so good. I'm so proud of you. Okay, here we go. Put the two together. I trust you, Lord. Lead the way. You ready? I trust you, Lord. Lead the way. Right. Mean those words. Think about those words and mean it. In verse 9, Jonah says, My salvation comes from the Lord alone. You know, Jonah faced a lot of unnecessary pain and regret. But eventually, he came to see that all blessings come from trusting God. So learn from his lesson. If you find yourself in the, the dungeon of disobedience, okay, a place that is where you don't want to be, it's dark and stinky and hurts, then step one, recognize and admit that you're outside of God's will. Two, realize that your disobedience that's messed up your life Three, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to turn to God and cry out for help. And then fourth, repent, turn away, change your direction so that you're going in alignment with God's will and enjoy his grace and his forgiveness. And fifth, let God call the shots. Let God call the shots. And trust that he, by his power, will help bring you back on track with his will. With his best for your life. Because that's exactly what he wants to do. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways, all right? Let me challenge you, first of all, to connect with God and confess your disobedience. Uh, sometimes you are outside of God's will a lot. Sometimes it's just a little. But every day you step outside of God's will. Every day you do it. You do it. If you deny that, you're a liar. That's what the Bible says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So every day, confess it. Every day, admit it. And then repent of it. And that's step two. But when it comes to repentance, here's what I want you to do. Apply the full meaning of that word. Okay? Because remember, it's more than just saying, hey, God, I'm sorry. 
It's a change of direction, right? So you don't just speak empty words. Ask the Holy Spirit to move, to change, to turn you around, away from your disobedience, back into alignment with God's will. And then third, by all means, rejoice that God gives you another chance in Jesus. Celebrate the fact that you have a God who loves you and in Jesus loves to forgive you. Celebrate that. You know, God was not done with Jonah and he gave him another chance. He's not done with you. He will give you another chance too. So celebrate that. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the story of Jonah and the reminder that even when we are in a really bad place, you're right there with us willing to give us another chance. God, I pray for those here watching online or sitting here in this room right now who may be in a difficult place. Be with them. Bring them out of that difficult place so that together we all might experience your peace, your presence, and your power. We love you, Lord, and we pray all this in Jesus' great name. And God's people said, amen. Amen.